0: Great. It's good to good to see you all here. We're a bit thinner thin on the ground this morning, so hopefully we'll get some more numbers in um, as the morning progresses. Um, hopefully we didn't take it out of you too much last night. Um, I hope that you all um, that you all enjoyed last night and, and really enjoyed hearing from Barbara. Um, that was that was great. Maybe we even had some great dreams last night. Who knows? We can we can chat about that um, over over coffee. Um, if you didn't pick up a schedule of what the the running order is for today, they're out on the desk. Um, You can pick one up um, later on as well and just see what's going on and where we are um, and where you're going. But for for this morning, we're in here, we're going to be all in here together. Um, Angela and I are going to be sharing some stuff um, together. Um, And just a a couple of little pointers just to remind you of. um, You might have noticed out in the desk we have something called CPR for sale, which is called Central Prayer Resource. And that's really just, um, it's a a prayer guide really that um, was written by a guy in our church um, and in central here. Um, And it's just a really practical way of, of equipping people to pray. Um, in lots of different ways um, and it's really beautiful to look at and really beautiful to read as well um, so we're selling those today and um, you can get one for three pounds or two for a fiver um, so it's a bargain you know and um, so buy one and give one to a pal uh, maybe you could give one for Valentine's Day you know what a romantic gift um, so do do pick up one of those if if you want one um, or just go and have a wee look at it as well um, and also we'll be we mentioned it last night but we'll be having um, some donations and um, throughout the day as well. So there'll be a little um, pot on the desk. We'd really appreciate your support um, in that as well. But before we kick off, I thought it would be good if we would just read some scripture together um, and just really focus our hearts um, on why it is that we do what we do um, and we can pray together. So I'm just gonna read um, from Psalm 18. And maybe you want to just close your eyes um, and receive, um, receive from the Father. Let this be your prayer this morning. I love you Lord my strength, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. And then in verse 16, he reached down, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from the Lord. Father, we want um, to find those spacious places this morning. We want to be brought out into a spacious place with you. Because you are, you are good to us. And you are kind to us. And you are full of compassion. So Holy Spirit, just at the beginning of this day, we just welcome you. We welcome your presence. We welcome your peace. We welcome your revelation and your clarity. And Father, I pray that each of us will have softened hearts that are ready to receive from you. And may we just know your blessing throughout this whole day as we fellowship together, as we learn together, as we spend time together. May we know that we are family. And may we know the presence of our Father. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So. We're just going to jump straight in. Um, Angela and I are going to be unpacking a pretty full-on subject um, this morning. um, Handling our emotions, interpretation and discernment principles. That's uh, that's pretty full-on. yeah. So I hope that you have um, had your cup of coffee. Um, Run quickly now and get one. Get one of those little blueberry cakes, they are delicious. Um, so, yeah, this is some really important stuff. We want to buckle in together um, and really learn learn together. So, I think that um, probably some of this will be a reminder for some of you. We're all at different stages um, in in this room, so we're kind of we're covering a lot of bases. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to bring some helpful new thoughts um, and tools as we grow um, in this gifting. So. A lot of you don't know me, um, my name is Naomi, um, I work for Central um, and I have um Another job as well, um, so I like to balance lots of things together. Um, so one of the jobs that I do involves music. So I'm um, I do a lot of singing um, around Edinburgh. I don't do a lot of singing today because I've got the cold. Um, but most of the time, I do a lot of singing, and I also do a lot of teaching. So I teach a lot of singing um, in different schools and, and things like that. And one of the most wonderful things um, about the voice, and one of the most frustrating things about it as well, is that this is my instrument. This thing here that I am standing in, this is my instrument. So everything that I do when I'm singing is dependent on how I use my body, it's dependent on how I feel, it's dependent on my mood, it's dependent on my health, so, for example, today my voice is not going to be in great, great nick um, because I've got the cold. You know, so I'm not, I'm not well. So that's 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 going to have a bearing on how I sing. So there are a lot of contributing factors that I can't always do much um, about. You see, I can't shut the lid. On, on my voice, the way you can with a piano and go back to it another day. I can't just sort of twist a wee knob and, and tune it up and, and oh, that's that wee note's not quite in tune, I'll just, I'll just give it a wee twist there and you know, there. unfortunately that's not possible. I can't put it in a box um, and zip it up and forget about it and just say, you know what, I'll come back to that tomorrow. Whether for good or for bad, I cannot detach it from myself. And you know what, I shouldn't detach it from myself either because that's what makes it. That's why I can sing the way I can. That's why my pupils can sing the way they can as they discover their voice, because it's connected to who we are. And it was always meant to be connected to who we are. And as I was thinking um, on this topic today, the Lord really reminded me of that connection Um, and I think that there's a similar thing that we can find within the prophetic as well Um, which is why it's so important that we talk about how it affects us about how it makes us feel and about how we effectively handle it as well so you know I don't know about you but I always think it seems amazing and ridiculous in equal measure that God gave this gift to people You know? Because he knows what we're like. Yeah? Just me? Anyone there? Hello? Yeah? He gave it to people. I mean, was he crazy? That just seems a bit mad. He knows that we're inconsistent. He knows that we're broken. He knows that we're selfish. He knows that we're probably gonna mess up sometimes. And yet, he still chooses to use us. It's amazing. It's ridiculous, it's amazing. But you know, he knows what he's doing. And isn't that always the comfort that God knows what he is doing? He knows that he is letting his word flow through these flawed vessels, these living, breathing, laughing, crying vessels. And you know, when we walk out in the prophetic, we we don't suddenly become a part from our humanity we don't step out of our humanity um, and prophesy but actually we step more fully into it because you know I am never more aware of my humanity than when I am prophesying than when I'm speaking out God's word than when I am receiving something from him and you know I am also never more aware of his sovereignty I am never more aware of his sovereignty There's an author called Artie Kendall, which I'm sure many of you will have heard of. And he wrote this great book called These are the Days of Elijah, um, which makes me want to burst into song. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I would thoroughly recommend it. If you haven't read it, grab a copy. It's a great read. Um, it goes through the life um, of Elijah and really gives some incredible insights. And he's just a beautiful, a beautiful writer. But there was one point in this book where he said something that just jumped off the page to me. And it just kind of hit me right between the eyes. And you know, it's a really simple thing. In fact, it's pretty obvious. But isn't it always the simple and the obvious things that we forget? Yeah? At least I know that that's the same with me. I always forget the very simple and the very obvious things. But listen to this this is what he said. A true prophet is helpless before God and grateful when God steps in. And that just brings us some perspective, doesn't it? A true prophet is helpless before God and grateful when God steps in. And that really reminded me of the posture that I should assume before God in the prophetic. On my best days, I don't want to be anything other than helpless before God and grateful when he steps in. Because do you know what? Then that means that he is the one on the throne, not me. And I think that's a pretty crucial distinction. But yet, back to that earlier point, how wonderful and how amazing is it that God uses us, these helpless, hapless beings, and He calls us strong, and He speaks to us, and He shows us things. So yes, we are helpless before God and yes, we should be grateful when he steps in. But we know that within all of that, he is our father and he is a kind and good God. So with all of that then, how on earth do we handle and grow this gifting with everything that seems to come with it? Well, firstly, I I don't think that we're ever meant to detach um, ourselves and remove ourselves from our emotions um, as we move in the prophetic. I don't think that we're meant to become um, distant from them. But I do think that we're meant to learn how to handle them. Yeah, and I think there's a very, um, it's quite a small distinction there, but I think it's really important. We shouldn't detach ourselves from our emotions, but we do need to know how to handle them. So many people, I'm sure a lot of you in this room, will receive from God through through pictures, through visions, um, through dreams, um, through that visual realm. And somehow this more visual realm can really heighten our emotions in a way that, that we don't often find um, with something else. And I think this is because we are constantly responding to visuals in our world. we We respond to visual things all the time and we respond in an emotional way. You know, look at the way we respond to advertisements. Look at the way that we all weep over the John Lewis Christmas ad. Yeah? Is it just me? I'm in tears. You know, we respond to, to photographs. You see a photograph of someone that you knew a long time ago who maybe isn't with you anymore. You respond emotionally. You see a funny photograph that reminds you um, of a time um, when you had a good laugh, and you end up laughing in the memory of it. We respond to beautiful landscapes. You walk up Arthur's seat, you respond emotionally to that view. We respond to, to movies, um, to TV. We respond to visual things. When God prompts us then in this way, it can cause a real emotional connection in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits. So how do we wield this gifting in the everyday experiences? How do we grow into maturity into it? How do we do that? I think that there are um, a few ways that we can do this and I'm just going to highlight a few of them just just three um, before Angela comes um, and speaks so let's think about number one I want to talk about the power of asking questions I think regardless of what stage you were at on your journey of walking out in the prophetic the simple act of questioning what you are seeing and what you are sensing is not one that we should ever lose. Because you see, God knows it all, but we don't. Yeah, isn't that right? God knows it all, I don't. And there are prompts towards this kind of action all over the Bible. In First Thessalonians 5, verses 19 to 22, it says this, and I'm sure you will have heard this before Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good, and reject every kind of evil. Test them all and hold on to what is good. And normally we talk about that verse in the context of um, weighing and sifting. excuse me prophetic revelations that we receive from other people and of course that is very valid and we need to do that but I think there's a necessity that we can very quickly forget about sifting and pondering the things that we receive from God for ourselves or for other people and what I'm talking about is this there is great power and wisdom to be had in hitting pause When you receive something from God and asking why or what not because God got it wrong or because we're doubting him but because we are not flawless and we need some time to process and we always need time to process it might be a second it might be a year of processing, but we always need some time to process. So why do we need to question? hmm? I mean, maybe, surely we should just get it right away? No, I don't think so. Let's look at Zechariah in the Bible. Um, You'll find his story near the end of the Old Testament. And I think that we would all agree that he's a pretty experienced prophet, right? I mean, he's in the Bible. He made the cut. So he's you know he's, he's pretty, as far, if we're talking about experienced prophets, he's got a book named after him. So I'm gonna say, yep, he's definitely a prophet and he's probably fairly experienced. But he was someone who received visually from the Lord. He received vision after vision after vision after vision. If you read the book of Zechariah, that's just all he gets, you know? Um, it's just this vision after vision. And he was speaking into a nation as well. So he was a pretty big deal. And his method, right from receiving the revelation to asking for the interpretation and then sensing the application as well, is recorded for us to learn from. Thank you, God. He constantly asks questions. When he sees something, his response is, what are those, Lord? He doesn't try and say, Oh, that is, that's that. So that must be because that looks like that. And that, so I'm guessing there's like, you know, and he he doesn't go through all of that in his head. He just says, I am seeing this. What are those? What are those, Lord? What are they doing, Lord? Where are they going, Lord? What are you going to do, Lord? You see, Zechariah recognizes God's sovereignty when he is prophesying. He doesn't pretend to know it all and he doesn't expect to know it all from the visual revelation alone he asks and then he waits for the lord to bring the rest and then he responds obediently to it so maybe you're sitting here and that's resonating with you maybe you find it hard to get past that initial dream or that initial vision and really plumb the depths of it. And you might have this wonderful download from God but you don't always get the full idea. So maybe you need to start hitting pause on those particular revelations and sifting through it and see what is there for yourself or what is there for someone else. And I think that this applies to all of us. So whether you are super experienced and have been doing this for years and walking right in this for years, I think we still need that reminder to hit pause sometimes, to ask God questions, to ask him why and what and can you explain, please. Let's never get so caught up in the hype of visual revelation that we forget that there is a purpose behind it. I want to approach visual revelation in a measured way. Sometimes we have to hold onto a revelation from God for a period of time. Um, Maybe we just haven't quite got the gist of it yet. Um, Maybe the person that we think it's for isn't ready to hear it, so we have to hold onto it for a while. Maybe we have to just pray through it some more. Maybe it's not ready to be released yet. Um, Or maybe God has revealed a personal promise to us and we just have to wait in hope for it. Sometimes we have to hold on to these things. There are lots of reasons why we might have to hold on to revelation. And I think it's a good practice to get into. You know, if you want to be stretched, if you want to grow, if you want to be challenged, try waiting on something. Yeah? Waiting is hard. Waiting stretches us whether we want it to or not. Waiting challenges us whether we want it to um, or not. So maybe today we need to make that decision. Okay, I want to be challenged in the waiting. And I want to choose to hold things. So what is God prompting you to hold? And how do we hold a prophetic revelation? Well, firstly, I think that we hold it lightly. We hold it like this. Hands open, not like this. Hands closed. Because it's God's revelation. It's not mine, it's not yours, it's not ours. It's God's revelation. Whose idea was it in the first place to tell us something or show us something? It wasn't mine. Maybe we asked, maybe we said God show me something, but I can guarantee you that it was God's idea, yeah? I am always learning that there is merit in remembering that. And you know, holding things lightly as well, that protects us because it means that we are letting God in. So we're not holding it so tightly to our chest and not letting anyone else see it and not even letting God see it, that we don't let anyone else in. When we hold something lightly, we are protected as well. So I've talked several times um, this morning just about recognizing God's sovereignty. And I want to stress that I think there is freedom in that. There is great freedom in recognizing God's sovereignty. Because we do not serve a tyrannical God. We are in relationship with a kind and a compassionate Father who has a plan. And once we realize or remember that our response was only ever meant to be obedience, whatever that looks like, we then realize that we are not alone. Because the very notion of obedience suggests that we are bending to the wishes of someone else. If you are obedient to your boss, you're doing what they want. Yeah, you're doing what you want to please them. When I am, I mean, I'm 27 now, and I like to think I'm still obedient to my mum. Uh, I'm not sure if she would say the same thing, but I try to be obedient, you know? But um, when I'm obedient to my mum, I'm doing what she wants. If she tells me to go and and do something, then I'll probably go and do it. Maybe the same wasn't true when I was younger, but you know, um, I've learned over the years that it's best, generally, it's best to just do what your mum says, you know? So the very notion of obedience, it suggests that we're bending to the wishes of someone else, which means that we're not alone. So when I am obedient to God, I am partnering with the things that he wants. I am moving with my father who loves me and who reveals things to me. And in the book that I mentioned earlier, the R.T. Kendall book, um, one of the things that he says is that our task Our task as Christians is to discover the direction in which the sovereign Redeemer is moving and then to move in that direction. Our task is to discover the direction that the sovereign Redeemer is moving in and then move in that direction. And God can change the way He does things, it might not always be the same as before, it hasn't always been the same. He is the same, but the way he chooses to do things isn't always the same. He's, he's creative. He likes to do things in different ways. He's got a good imagination. So our task is to discover what he is doing right now. God, what direction are you moving in right now in Scotland, in Edinburgh, wherever you are? And then to move in that direction. So let's move in humility before God, as we walk out in the prophetic. Because we learn from God's word that when we are humble, when we truly humble ourselves before God, that he lifts us up. So, ask questions and hold things lightly and walk humbly I was reading Psalm 139 as I was thinking um, on this gathering and um, I have read that Psalm many many times Um, I like to think that I know it quite well but um, there was one part of it that really challenged me it was verses 23 and 24 and it says this search me God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting how often do we skip over scripture like that god really challenged me to to rest on that scripture for a while um Because I think that that should be our first cry as prophetic people. Before we do anything else, search me and know me, God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. That's a big one. See if there is any offensive way in me. We're not leaving room for anything there. We're not saying, see if there's like something that I'm kind of ready to deal with today. You know, I'll maybe deal with that thing, but I'll, I'll deal with that later. You know, you can leave that. It's saying, see if there is any offensive way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. And I think that God would highlight that to us today as a fresh prompting of the Holy Spirit. So receive it as a fresh prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's not a condemnation. It's a conviction. Condemnation is from the enemy. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And what the Spirit does leads to life. The prophetic revelations that we receive will get mixed up with all of our stuff because they are poured into flawed vessels. I don't think any of us would deny that. However, all is not lost. These vessels can be cleaned out and it's our responsibility to clean these vessels, to be willing to be searched, To be willing, to be known, to pray that prayer to the Father, see if there is any offensive way in me. So I wonder if that's maybe where you need to go with your gifting as we consider how to respond and and carry visual revelation. To pray that prayer to God and let the Holy Spirit come and shine his gracious light on your heart. And before Angela comes and shares with us, I just want to close by saying that I think it's right that our spirits are stirred and that we feel emotional connection with the things that God shows us. I think that's right. Because we always pray that prayer, we always sing that song, break my heart for what breaks yours. And we will, we will sing that out at the top of our lungs, and many of us will mean it as well. Really, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And that, that's emotional, yeah? Break my heart. But as prophetic people, we have this assurance of a God who comes close, who comes alongside us, who is not distant in revealing things to us but is giving us the very pieces of his heart. We are not alone in visual revelation. And alongside that, we have a responsibility. We have an expectation to be more and more known the deeper we want to go into revelation and to effectively relaying what God is doing and what he is saying, then the deeper we have to allow God to go. The deeper we want to go into revelation, the deeper we have to allow God to go into us. So rejoice in God's sovereignty, yeah? I have found great rejoicing in God's sovereignty. That he is in charge, that he is alongside you. Ask him questions, always ask him questions. Hold things lightly. They were never yours in the first place. Keep your hands open and allow God to help you. Protect your heart. As a prophetic person, protect your heart and walk humbly before him, allowing God to search you, allowing him to search you and allowing him to know you. And that's really all that I have to share um, on that this morning. Um, These are things that I am working out in myself. So I'm, I'm learning as I go along um, and I'm learning as I'm as I'm talking about this stuff as well. So let's continue um, conversations around this stuff today. But um, for now, Angela is going to come um, and continue to share with us.
1: Thank you, Naomi. That was super. Good morning. Maybe you want to just. Stand up, move about a little bit, say hello to your neighbor for a minute, and then we will continue. okay let's uh, continue on a little bit so who had a night where you w- were dreaming last night? Just put your hand up if you if you were dreaming uh, who who dreamt for the first time last night with a dream you can remember many we are always dreaming, but it's a case of um Engaging with the Lord, asking him, and then he starts to enable us to remember the God dreams. And uh, I do believe as we are talking about this visual area, dreams, visions, pictures, the whole visual area and the interpretation of those things over today that um, th- these things are going to become more and more activated in you so i'm going to talk for a little bit to uh just till the coffee break about interpretation what is it and i'm stretching in all that i'm going to say this morning and this afternoon i'm stretching our understanding of interpretation and visual rev- revelation wider because we've we've come we're coming into a new season as barbara was saying last night And in that new season, there is always a new vision for a new season. And so this morning, I'm stretching our understanding of interpretation a bit wider this afternoon. I'll be stretching our understanding of the visual wider. So we can, and this has been spoken about for a long time, these uh, elements of um, bringing forth, what God wants to say. Um, often it's the first three that people talk about: revelation, interpretation, application. Revelation is the actual um, type of thing that God is saying, whether it be a dream, a vision, prophecy. So the the actual element of God speaking. Then we have the interpretation. what does it mean, the application, what do we do with it, and that what do we do with it involves protocols. Uh, An important area for prophetic people to learn about is prophetic protocol and how we work with the prophetic protocol of the people that we are um, ministering to. And then we always add this fourth one, and it's becoming very important, communication, how you share about what you have Uh, In this case, in what we're looking at today, and last night, what you have seen. And uh, so, I'm going to talk about now, the interpretive part. So, if we could have the next slide. Uh, This is uh, a little bit of an understanding of a definition of an interpreter, or uh, one who gives interpretation. And uh, Interpreter, it's simply the simple meaning is to have something explained. And uh, I can, I read a book once and it was a a historical book and it was talking about uh, Wellington, the General Wellington. And he had an officer who he always had with him when he went to think about his strategy. And this officer. He always wanted this officer so he could tell his strategy to this officer, because this officer could clearly understand what Wellington was saying, and he could convey it and communicate it exactly as Wellington wanted it communicated. You see, it it was so important that what Wellington was wanting his army to do, uh, he was able to get that communicated in an accurate way. So, Similarly for us, we can receive revelation, but how we communicate it and express it, as Naomi's been sharing with us, how we emotionally express it, uh, what we understand about it, how we interpret it, how we explain it, can change what the commander of the armies originally was trying to convey. So he's looking for people who can take his heart and what's on his heart and they can accurately convey that with the words, with the explanation, and with the right heart and with the right emotion um, to the right people understanding the right protocol. So there's far more to revelation than just the actual revelation and we have got very excited as the body of Christ because in the last move of God, God took the level of revelation he was given in the church to a much higher level since um, 1988 and then powerfully again from 1994. We saw the level of revelation go from here to here in the body of Christ. And now the Lord has got the church uh, and the prophetic people particularly in the church, we've o- we've got our mouths open, we're seeing our eyes open, we can see things and we can talk about them and now the Lord is saying, I want you to be- learn wisdom and understanding about what it means and how you convey it and then how you convey it in a way that goes and ministers to the actual body of believers that you are ministering to because different bodies of believers, the Lord's given them different visions and a different purpose. So how you convey it in one scenario will be different from how you convey it in another scenario. So this is um, revelation, interpretation, application, and communication. And the Lord is pulling his prophetic people um, into another level of maturity in those areas now. So going back to definition, it means to open up the understanding um, so that people can understand if you're interpreting somebody else's dream, so they can understand it. I, One uh, way I describe understanding is a light going on. Because if you really are, as Barbara was sharing with us last night, giving somebody an interpretation which is from the Lord for their God dream, then they go, oh, I see it. I can see it now. I can understand it now. So this is uh, part of interpretation. It means to explain thoroughly. Now in the literal sense, it means to translate. So we minister in a lot of nations. So a lot of the time, I'm not just speaking like this. I've got a translator by the side of me who's translating into another language what I am saying. And, some, and most of the time, nearly 98% of the time, we have good translators. And when you have a good translator, you don't know they're there because they're just flowing so powerfully with exactly what you are. They're in the same spirit, they're in the same mind, the same understanding, and you don't know that they're there. But when you have somebody that's just maybe learning, then um, they might be quite slow in translating, or they might not understand what you're actually teaching, and therefore it's harder for that. Your message to pass through them and be translated. That's a bit like what I was talking to, to you about with Wellington and his officer. It's just the same. So, but it can it's this word interpreter, it's a literal translation of one language into another language. But you see, we're, we're talking about dreams and the visual area. It's part of God's language, it's only part of God's language. God speaks in many diverse ways but we're just happening to focus on this area this weekend and it's part of the Holy Spirit language and so we need to translate it for people particularly for uh, the non-Christian who doesn't know the Holy Spirit language yet and so Barbara was really helping us with helping people and um, so we can interpret that Holy Spirit God God language he's given them. And we're being an interpreter, an explainer, bringing understanding. It means to unfold the meaning of what is said, explain and expound. So interpretation, uh, when it comes to um, biblical theological exposition, it's called hermeneutics. it's a type of interpretation. It's bringing an understanding of what the scripture is saying. So that's that's, that's a form of interpretation. Uh, To translate into one's native language, we've talked about that. Something broken open to bring understanding, a cracking of a code to bring a solution to a riddle. So sometimes God speaks with puzzling language. Sometimes in a dream, Um, Dreams, like Barbara said last night, sometimes they're literal, like um, the Lord speaking to the earthly father of Jesus, Joseph, and in in dreams and therefore uh, protecting Jesus when they were able to move away from where Jesus would be being harmed. Uh, They were literal dreams. Um, Sometimes God was speaking in parabolic picture language, but sometimes God used puzzling language. Like when the king saw the writing on the wall, mene, mene, tekel, etc., And he's going, what? And then Daniel comes in and go, Daniel goes, Yeah, the explanation of that, O king, is da, 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 da. You have been weighed in the balance. And I'm sorry, O king, but tonight is the last night of your kingship. And, but it was a puzzling language. Uh, and so there is an interpretation of puzzling language. Uh, Interpret a figure, a puzzle, an enigma, that's the same thing. Okay, there's just some simple definitions that we can get more complicated, but that will do for now. So, could we have the next slide? So, I want to talk, really for most of the rest of the time, uh, about the types of interpretation. And interpretation is much wider than just interpreting a a dream. That's one form of interpretation or being an interpreter. Now we know from 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, there is the gift of tongues and then there is interpretation of those tongues or gift of languages, whether they be heavenly, angelic, earthly, the Lord gives these languages sometimes and then they need an interpretation. And there's different ways that that can happen. For example, singing in tongues corporately uh, can sometimes happen in a gathering corporately. But because it's a, it, it's a public uh, expression of the gift, there needs to be an interpretation or an explanation. How does that usually happen with singing in tongues? I've come to understand over many years of this gift at seeing this gift restored to the church of singing uh, corporately in this language is that often the person who is leading the worship and they've led into this time of corporate agreement to sing in this language, um, they often get a song in their native language, in our case English, and they're singing that out at the same time. That's the interpretation of, what of what's happening corporately. Now another way that there can be an interpretation of a corporate singing together is that um, the person uh, person or persons with the gifts of interpretation or the leaders of what's happening, they understand that that agreement to sing corporately in tongues, that they understand from the spirit that that is doing a particular job. Like they might just understand that that singing in tongues where we've done it together, that is praise to God, which tongues often is, these heavenly languages often is. And you would, because it was a corporate gathering, you would share that. You would say, what we've done together is we've just extolled God in these heavenly language. Um, It may be that when we were singing in tongues together, we, we really felt that the atmosphere was being changed and the glory and presence of God was coming more strongly. So you would say that, that releasing the spirit by singing in these heavenly languages has just changed the atmosphere. Or some people with who were seeing a lot, they might see the angels come in as that singing was going on. So it's, an, it's purely an explanation sometimes. Sometimes with tongues and interpretation, it can be, as in number one there, that it comes out, the interpretation comes out like a prophecy. So somebody will speak publicly in tongues and then somebody interprets that and it sounds like a prophecy. Why is that? Probably because the tongues was probably doing something in the spirit realm or it was actually a prayer to God. Because often tongues is Godward. So, but God is responding and then speaking prophetically out of what was uh, spoken in the spirit in, in the gift of tongues in these heavenly languages. So that can be the explanation. That can be the interpretation. Um, so sometimes tongues and interpretation, um, is, it's a, a sign and a wonder because it is a direct translation. Somebody speaks in this tongue, this heavenly language, and somebody's there who understands that exact language. Now, the story I tell on this one is, and our pastor, um, when we were very much younger, um, in a church in England, he t- tells this story that there was, um, in this church, and it was a Pentecostal church, the um they would allow a free speaking in tongues in part of their gathering and at one point a lady would stand up and she would um, minister a gift of speaking in tongues but when she first started the speaking in tongues she would make this big like trumpeting sound. It wasn't words, it was like a trumpeting sound and then she would speak this message in tongues and somebody would interpret it. But pastor thought this was a bit strange. And then they were having the chief leader, the chief overseer of the region of those churches coming to their church. And he's going, oh, I hope that lady doesn't do that when this leader's coming, because I'll be embarrassed. But sure enough, she makes this trumpeting noise and then speaks this uh, gift of speaking in tongues. And when the this overseer of the region stands up to speak. He said, well, that was really interesting, he said, because I was a missionary in the nation that speaks that language. And I know exactly what um, that message in tongues was saying. And this trumpeting sound is always given at the beginning in that language um, when the king is going to speak. So the king was going to speak, and then there was this message brought from the king. So the language was a perfect language, but our minds get in the way because we don't have enough explanation. And so we we think, and just like that pastor, you know, oh, we don't want to do that. But the king was actually speaking. And we just need to gain understanding by an explanation. But that was a literal explanation. We've heard other people talk about there'll be a missionary in another nation or another continent like Africa, and then somebody will start to speak in the gift of tongues, and it will be English. And they don't know English at all, because they they speak in a tribal language. But they, they receive the gift of tongues with English, and then the English missionaries are going, oh wow, we know exactly what that's saying. And sometimes it's one time we heard this one, and it was, the Lord was speaking, go over that mountain, because at the other side of that mountain, there are peoples that you can reach for Jesus. So they went over the mountain. But that was a gift of tongues and literal interpretation. And then we can have, like we said, interpretation of dreams, visions, pictures, and difficult sayings. Um, We're looking at that a little bit. And it's very much, it's like learning a language. And you think about a language, And, you know, when I was at school, I'm a scientist, so, but I did French, but I wasn't very good at French, and the French teacher would say, now, learn your vocabulary, I'm going, why do I have to learn this vocabulary? (sighs) I don't want to learn all these lists. And uh, then, as we've traveled in ministry, we've been in French-speaking nations, and I'm thinking, I wish I'd learnt my vocabulary better than I learnt it then, because then I'd be able to understand what these people are saying better than I can. I can understand it a bit, but I could understand it much more if I'd remembered my list of vocabulary better. Similarly, with learning this language of the Spirit, there's a language of the Spirit, and part of that language is the ways God speaks in dreams and visions, with the picture language. And how the Lord taught me about this was he made me very interested in all the pictures in scripture. And so even before I knew that I would interpret dreams and pictures and visions and interpret many different things, the Lord took me to learn about the picture language of scripture. So if you are hungry to grow in your interpretive gift in any way that God might speak, Start to study out the picture language of the Bible because that's your vocabulary that the Holy Spirit can use. And he can use it in two ways. He can use you to then be able to interpret other people's dreams, but uh, because you know some of his vocabulary, but you can also, he'll use that language that you've learned and you've looked at in scripture, and he'll, he'll have it in your dreams. It will creep up in and out of your dreams. And you will know what it means because you've, you've looked up and you've studied a little bit. And then there's also personal language that the Lord develops with you uh, uh, that he uses in your dreams. But what I would say is, you can't interpret somebody else's dream with your personal dream language. You must ask them what does that mean to them. Not Don't superimpose what you know it to mean from your personal dream language. So most... A lot of the way the Lord would want us to interpret other people's dreams is to understand the spirit language and the picture language of scripture. So you will become uh, more proficient and be helped a lot by studying, you know, so, you know, study through what water means in scripture, many different forms of water, sea and fountains and pools. And and so on, and study what eag- who eagles are and lions are, you know, because you know lions can be Jesus, lion of the tribe of Judah. They can be us, where the righteous are as bold as a lion, or they could be the enemy. The, the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can um, devour. And so, and then then if you've got that, you're asking somebody uh, in. You know, what, like Barbara said last night, is it negative, you know, in which case it can be about the enemy. The lion can be like the enemy if you have a negative feeling. If you have a really good feeling um, about this glorious lion, it's probably Jesus. But there's all this picture language to study. And uh, it takes time, just like the learning of a language in the natural, it takes time. But like Barbara said, doesn't mean to say we don't start and practice. And as we practice, then we start to learn more of this language and we grow grow in it. But you can facilitate your understanding by studying this picture language of scripture. Uh, Interpretation of a team's prophecies to an individual, number six. What does that mean? Now, if you are in a prophetic team and there's several of you prophesying and you're you're like two or three of you or four or five of you and you are prophesying to an individual together, often I will end up prophesying to that person last because with the gift of interpretation, you can bring together what the Lord is saying and give a wisdom into what the Lord is saying through several different people so that the person has an understanding of why the Lord spoke in these different ways through these different team members, Uh, with the gift of interpretation, you can draw together prophetically what God is saying and give some wisdom into what is being said. So that's another way interpretation is used. Now, interpretation. If you have um, prophecies in a meeting and you have several prophecies coming, coming out, what needs to happen is they need to be drawn together so that there's an understanding of what God is saying. So we've not got a piece of revelation going off over here, a piece of revelation going off over here, a piece of revelation going off over here, and it's really confusing and nobody understands which way are we to go because we've got revelation going here, we've got revelation going there, and we've got revelation going over there. Well, somebody with the gift of interpretation and also probably some gift of leadership will understand how to draw those things together and use those things together so we can flow with the spirit uh, in all that he's wanting to do through this revelation that he's brought forth and a person with this gift of interpretation will also s- understand if the revelation coming forth is to be brought together all as one and then we work with it all or if it's if it's three different aspects or several different aspects and the holy spirit's only wanting to work really with one of those aspects and go down one of those streams. Not that the others are wrong, but if you've got three different streams, you can't work with three different streams in one meeting. And so it's a case of there's a choice, and you're saying, Holy Spirit, which is the choice for today? Which of these streams are we going down today? And the Holy Spirit will show. That's another form of interpretation. Next one, eight, interpretation of the ways of God in a person's life. What does that mean? It means um, as a prophetic person, as you grow and as you mature, you can meet scenarios um, where you will be asked to prophesy into something that may be a difficult situation in in a person's life, a church's life, or the national life, or community's life. And the only way you can do that is by experience and by letting the Lord take you through your process in your life. If when you have difficulties in your own life as a prophetic person, not because of the prophetic gift, but just simply the things that the Lord takes you through in your life and things you encounter, if you lie on the floor and kick and scream, and demand that the Lord takes you out of it, you will never grow in an ability to help other people deal with their difficulties, and you will never have an authority to prophesy into people's lives in difficult areas. So for example, I've heard immature prophetic people, and they will know that a person has got a difficulty, and they will prophesy without saying, thus says the Lord, but meaning that, thus says the Lord, You just better um, get on with it and praise the Lord. And there's no authority in that. There's no compassion in it. There's no presence of God in it because the person has never done it in their own life. So you can say things with your mouth, but the Holy Spirit doesn't back them up when you don't live it out in your own life and you don't walk out some of these things. So there's a level of prophecy that you cannot... Minister into where the Holy Spirit will back up your words when you don't walk it out in your own life. And this is an area where you're, you would be prophesying into uh, difficult areas. And the way that the Holy Spirit usually wants to minister into these areas is to actually give people illumination of his ways and the way he is working and what he is achieving in that situation so that the person goes, oh, right, I thought this was all bad, but in actual fact, God is going to bring me through this into a new place in him with a new fruitfulness. But you can only prophesy like that as you learn about the ways of God in your own life and you cooperate with the ways of God in your own life. So that you can't separate here what you walk out with God and what you're able to minister to another. Um, This is a case of growing from a gift into a place of you don't just, um, a gift doesn't just flow through you, you as a person become the gift. And it's another level of maturity. And it's as we walk out these situations and learn the ways of God, we become able to interpret the ways of God for another person's life, but it doesn't separate from what's happened in our own life. Now, it doesn't mean to say you'll, it, you, you can't, you, you're prophesying into exactly the same scenario that you've gone through, but the ways of God in your own life, they teach you about his ways and enable you to prophesy about his ways into a, somebody else's life, if you can understand. Are you with me on that? Yeah? Are you with me? Yeah? Good. There's a lot more we could say into that. Um, interpretation of travail or a birthing in intercession. Now, sometimes people, there's two ways this happens with people. Sometimes a person is praying for something and they actually, they almost become bent double literally in the natural and actually cries and wails too deep for words start to come out of them. Now this happened to somebody that I know really well, and this person is a strong evangelist, and they're a leader, and these groans started to come out of them, and some immature person wanted to cast out a demon. Well this wasn't a demon, this was the Holy Spirit crying out in intercession for lost souls through this person. So this was a wrong interpretation. Now, in this case, this person was a leader, so they weren't phased by it. They, They knew what was happening with them because they'd had it happen before, because they were an evangelist crying out for souls. So this is a case of having the right interpretation and also the right discernment. So this is where interpretation and discernment start to come together about what the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, So we need to be be careful on that one. And the other way um, intercession can happen is people are not actually bent double and crying out with groans too deep for words, but their life, in their life, they are walking out an intercession. And their situations are difficult. And sometimes when people are telling us these things, the Holy Spirit will say to me, that's an intercession. They're walking out an intercession. The situation is difficult, but it's actually going to lead to an opening up of even a nation, when we were talking to somebody recently, because of who they were but they were walking out a difficult situation, Um, but it was an intercession. So that's an interpretation of the ways of God actually in somebody's life. Um, But again, these areas of intercession, as prophetic people, we should be seeking to become acquainted with intercession. No matter what your area in prophecy is, all God's people uh, in the area of prophecy, we, we need to be people who can intercede because often the Lord is giving us revelation and the understanding of it is that he wants us to pray. Often he's giving dreams and all he wants us to do is pray what we see. And, pr- and prophetic people were so caught up in the... Um, revelatory aspect of it and letting our emotions get into it as um, Naomi was sharing with us that was oh you know I've got to tell somebody about this it's a serious situation I must tell somebody I must tell somebody our first response to people would be have you prayed about it yet have you taken that revelation and have you moved into intercession with it because if you haven't you're not going to know how to deal with it bring it to the Lord um, so those are all areas of intercession and this last one particularly the Lord will want to sometimes he He shows us something like Naomi was saying and he wants us to hold it because he wants to take that word if it's a serious word and a, a, not a word just maybe for a single individual but for city or for a nation or even for a church. He wants us to hold it because he wants us to birth it in intercession and prayer before we ever speak it. And so, as particularly with anything that's bigger, you don't go anywhere with it before. You're bringing it before the Lord, you're praying over it, you're watching over it, and you're birthing it before it would even be ever spoken. And often, by the time you've done all the bringing it before the Lord, praying over it, watching over it, you've, you know that you've done the job and it doesn't need any verbal speaking about it. And as a prophetic person, you need to have an element of your life that is like that, that is a hidden element and it's not all, I have to speak out everything publicly, like Naomi was saying, but you, you deal with some of this revelation before the Lord and with the Lord in intercession, to see it birthed. And sometimes you'll you'll be frustrated because you feel you don't have an outlet to speak it, but that's actually because the Lord is saying, come and hold it before me, bring it into my counsel, bring it into my presence, learn to birth it. Learn to birth a word. So that's part of how he will form you as a prophetic person. Um, prophetic action. That's a simple one. Um, For example, Paul had a belt and uh, Agabus said um, he took Paul's belt and he started to prophesy from that. It was like a symbolic thing from which he prophesied. So there's all sorts of ways the Lord will cause us to use symbolic language and prophetic action, but it does need an interpretation. Just like the Lord taught the prophets like Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what, what do you see? I see the rod of an almond tree. And then he gave him a play on words uh, between a rod and an almond tree, and God watching over His word to perform it. Um, almond is one, shakwed, and the watching is shakwed, shokwed. The similar words. I might have that back to front, but the it's a play on very similar words and you know, he, he could have been seeing a, a, the actually almond tree and then the Lord was giving him that play on words from that. And so there's many symbol, symbol um, and prophetic actions that the prophets did, but it needs an explanation or else. And you need to know why you're doing it. Otherwise, you just, oh, the Lord told me to do this, but well, why are you doing it? Well, why? So we asked the questions that Naomi was exhorting us to ask. Um, Another thing I want to say about questions is, when I am interpreting, particularly dreams, and pictures, but particularly dreams, the Holy Spirit brings up a particular question out of my spirit, which I know he's giving, and that takes you quickly to the point key of interpretation. So don't ignore, when you are particularly trying to interpret somebody else's dream, just a simple question, it can be a simple question that can come up in your spirit and that simple question can profoundly give you the interpretation of the dream. Very very often the way the Lord has me interpret, he, he gives me questions and it's like a still small voice, a little tiny voice and it's this little question but actually it gives you the key to the interpretation prophetic movement prophetic dance this needs interpretation um, you know particularly when it when the dance and the movement takes a particular particularly marked and it's not just praise and worship and it's not just uh, dancing that goes with what's the uh, songs that we have on the overheads when it's a marked dance um, we would either interpret it ourselves as leaders of a meeting or we would say to the person, come and tell us what was going on in you when you danced that dance. So we can start to understand what the Spirit of God is doing. Um, Because you might think, well, it's obvious. Well, sometimes it is obvious, but sometimes it's obvious to most people, but it's not obvious to everybody. So again, this dance language, is a language of the Spirit where it's not just speaking in tongues through our tongue. He's speaking in tongues, as it were, through our whole body, and it has um, explanation. Um, Now moving on to, it's the Holy Spirit moving in and upon somebody's life, number 13, it goes with this movement. Many, many years ago, we were uh, ministering in a prophetic school in England, in the south of England, and this lady came forward, and she asked me to pray for her, and she didn't tell me anything. And as I started to pray for her, she started to move with distinct movements with her body. Distinct, very distinct. And I would interpret one movement and prophesy that to her. And she would move again and I would interpret that next movement. And then, and so on. And at the end of that, I'd prophesied to her that she would have a, a ministry in movement, a ministry in dance, and so on and so on and then I said to her, do you already do that? And she said, I did do it, but then I stopped doing it and I know the Lord is reactivating this gift of prophetic movement. So sometimes people are moving and they're actually prophesying. They're speaking in a spiritual language but the Lord wants it to be explained so that it actually becomes prophecy. So that's what I did with her. She was prophesying herself. It was like she'd spoken in tongues and I'd interpreted the tongues. But it was her body, body language, body movement. So all these things need an explanation. Um, prophetic sounds on the instruments. Sometimes you you know by the Spirit one of the band starts to prophesy, starts to to play in a different way. And it's like the Holy Spirit comes on them and their instrument starts to prophesy. Their instrument starts to say something or to achieve something or to bring some change in the atmosphere or to or to release people. Many different things the, the instrument can be doing, but it needs an explanation. It needs an interpretation because God is speaking through that language the instrument. I had this when uh, just the other week I was in another nation and we were praying for the city that um, we were in. Uh, We were in a meeting and I was leading this prophetic time of praying for this city and I started to hear the different instruments and the different instruments were releasing different things over the city and so and that the Lord wanted to release different things over the city through the different instruments. And so we worked with the instruments individually to see certain things released over the city. And that's a case of being able to hear how the instrument starts to prophesy and how the Lord wants to use that language. So that's interpretation. Now finally, we're going back to Holy Spirit moving in and upon somebody's life. Now. Back in the mid-90s, the Holy Spirit started to be poured out, like I was saying, and the level of prophecy went from here to here, because the Holy Spirit was restoring the prophetic gift and prophetic ministry uh, to the church in a strong way. And when the Holy Spirit would particularly come upon people who were going to become prophetic, they would shake a lot. They would really shake. And what was that? It was like same as putting your finger in an electric socket. And when you do that, you start to shake because of the power of the electricity flowing through you. Similarly, they were being touched by the Holy Spirit. They were actually being plugged into the Holy Spirit in a new way in the area of prophecy and they would start to shake. And so, this we would understand, we started to understand as the Holy Spirit started to move, what the Holy Spirit was doing but we could only do it by observing what the Holy Spirit was doing rather than going, that's weird, we just ignore that. We're going, Holy Spirit, what what are you doing? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What do we need to understand from this? Again, it's these questions, we're asking these questions. And we came to understand by seeing what he was doing that he was releasing in these cases people to uh, prophesy, But what's, and so some people would start prophesying out of that, and the gift started functioning. But then as we went on over a number of years, you would have people, and they would, every time the Holy Spirit came, they would be shaking. And the next time the Holy Spirit came, they would be shaking. But they were never opening their mouths to prophesy. So what was happening was, they were like a hosepipe with a cork in the end of it, and so as the Holy Spirit's trying to move through them and flow through them to prophesy in some way, there's, they're not opening their mouth. It's not like there's a real blockage. They're just not understanding what the Holy Spirit's doing. And so the, they're not opening their mouth. And so it's like this pipe is filling with this power and they're going... Just like a host pipe would do. You know, you fill it and you're not releasing it and it'll start to do this. And, and people who were supposed to be prophesying and become prophetic were simply flapping about with the power of the spirit but the power of the spirit was not being able to do its job because they didn't understand what was happening with them. And so we would say to people when this this starts to happen now, open your mouth and prophesy. And then sometimes they will and sometimes they don't and they still go on with the shaking. My mother-in-law, she's an evangelist, and um, when the Holy Spirit started moving for her, the Holy Spirit would come on her in the supermarket, really powerfully coming on her in the supermarket. Why was that? Because she's an evangelist and she was probably near to somebody she was supposed to speak to. And so that was for, that was for prophetic evangelism. So it's an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is doing when he comes upon us, what does he want to do? When his presence increases in a meeting so that his glory becomes very strong, what does he want to do? Often it's connected with something he's either just prophesied and spoken through somebody or it's a line of a song we've just sung. What we have learned to do is if we go from a general level of the presence of God and the presence is there and then suddenly God goes and his presence gets really thick and really strong. Ah, that line of that song is where we need to stop. We need to stay on that line of that song and what God wants to do through that before we progress any further. So we will back up to that line because it's like the Lord is saying, no, don't go any further down that road. Back up in your ministry car to this road and we go down the road of this line of this song and we work with this until the Spirit of God says, I've finished with that now. Because you're sensitive to the level of presence, and you're asking him what he is doing with his presence. That's interpretation, and that's working with the presence of God. Uh, So these are all different ways of interpreting. And you won't learn all those at once. I'm giving you um, 25 years, 30 years experience in these things, maybe even going on to 40 years of experience. But you can grow in this. And some people are called to be very strongly into the area of interpretation. Other people, it will just be parts of this that you need that fit as tools with the rest of your giftings. So don't be overwhelmed by it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into it. So let's just stand up. We'll just pray. And then Naomi's going to give us some practical details. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the great explainer. You are the one who leads us into all truth. You are the teacher. You are the great interpreter. So I'm asking, Father, that out of what I've shared, that each person will be receiving an impartation in this area understanding and activation in this area of interpretation. And I'm asking, Lord, that they will know the bits, uh, that you will show them the bits of this that that they are growing in at the moment. So just just take one moment and let the Holy Spirit, just look down that list. We'll leave that list on the screen and you can um, think about that in the coffee break. Which of these areas is the Holy Spirit just bringing up for you that he wants to grow you in at the moment? So, Father, I just thank you for releasing these things now. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Great. We're just going to break for um, some tea and coffee now. We've got about half an hour um, from until twelve o'clock, so there'll be some tea, some coffee, and some baking down the back there. So do keep um, chatting about these things together um, and make this time, make the most of this time, make the most of having all of these people in the one room together. But um, do go get yourself a hot drink, and we'll be back at twelve in here.